episode of Real Talk with Bella. I am here, Vanessa Kappa, CEO, Editor-in-Chief of Bella Magazine, joined, of course, by our publisher, Jennifer DeSillis. And I have to be honest, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I always say I'm excited about our guests. We have great guests. We always have amazing guests. So I want to go back to how we met because okay. um, the reality yeah. is I love telling the stories because people think that connections, relationships are kind of just, you know, ma these magical things that yes, they do happen, but it's really interesting to see how you connect to people. And our kids work out in the same uh, MMA uh, gym. And uh, we struck up a conversation one day and it just turns out that you happen to be like the nicest guy I have ever met. <laughs> and when Blushing. We Blushing already. <laughs> seconds in. No, but li like literally the nicest guy I have ever met. And um, I mean, you're a dedicated husband, dad, uh, amazing kick-ass. We worked out together at one point. I was nervous. I was like, I'm going to Am I going to be the one to kick your ass? But, you know, <laughs> he was gentle uh, with me. Um, but you are an amazing business owner. And I, um, you know, we connected over, obviously, MMA, like I said. But um, then we, we, we began to talk business. And when I took over Bella, you literally, from day one, were just super gracious to help and support in any way that you could to connect me to your team. Um, to find ways that we could collaborate and work together. And I wanted to honor our relationship because we've been uh, still connected even through the pandemic. I know I reached out to you randomly and I said, what, are you alive? Like, what, <laughs> what's going on over there? And those parts. Okay. Um, but let's start, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your business. Let's go from there. Sure, so uh, my name is obviously Chris Ellis. I'm one of the uh, partners of the syndicate. Um, we're based in, we're technically based out of Weehawken, New Jersey. We're all based virtually right now though, obviously. Um, we're a entertainment marketing agency. We've been in business since 1998, so 22 years now. Wow. And uh, our specialties are in the music, comedy, uh, brand, and live entertainment world. Um, that's really how we got our, our start as this, at the syndicate. And um, we have a lot of uh, services that are for hire between uh, all aspects of marketing, grassroots, digital, social, media marketing, um, uh, publicity, brand consultation, radio promotion. We, we essentially are a, uh, you know, strong in the customer service um, division of, uh, of, of an agency for hire, and we work for a lot of entertainment companies. So lots of record labels, managers, bands directly, television networks, brands who want to get connected to the music and comedy entertainment spaces. So we're kind of a connector. And I don't want to, because you, you undermine your successes a little bit. You're like, oh, but you've worked with Taco Bell, you've worked with TBS, True TV, Comedy Central. And Guns yeah. and Roses, like what? What the what? I love that. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> we have quite a diverse roster of, yeah. uh, of, yeah. of bands and uh, brands that we've worked with over the years, for sure. Um, the way we started um, in 1998 was really through our radio promotion division. We would take um, work for record labels who had these young and emerging artists, bands who wanted to go out to uh, college radio stations nationwide. They were kind of like the tastemakers of the nation, right? 
I remember those days. You mean leaving the house? Remember your college radio station? <laughs> okay. well, we also have a lot of love for our college radio stations. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, you know, those bands were kind of like uh, just starting out. And that's a, a lot of how we grew. You know, we sort of helped to kind of get these bands going. And uh, then the machine, you know, starts to take them off. So our over the, over the course of our history, we've worked with a lot of really amazing bands, you know, maroon albums. Um, and, you know, today we have a, 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 an array of, of young and emerging independent artists who are promoting that, you know, come two, five, ten years down the road will be that next wave of those big artists, right? And so when we keep our finger on the pulse of sort of like what's new and emerging, um, that attracts uh, brands and, uh, and networks to say, hey, you kind of know what's good, what's cooking, what's hot. Um, so help us to authentically connect to those types of, uh, of artists. And that's kind of how it all starts to get going. And then the bigger artists sometimes see what, you're, what you got going on. They're like, hey, you know, I think you, you could help us out. And that's what brought to life working with Guns N' Roses and Taco Bell and some of these really major brands and major artists out there now. That's that's amazing, and you've been um, through this work though. You also um, you now the property the website the laugh the, the laugh button. Can you tell us right. a little bit about the laugh button? Sure. So that, I've heard of the laugh button. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our comedy property that we launched in 2006. That's really my specialty, my domain, who I work, uh, where I, I spend most of my time. Um, and that's obviously in comedy. So the Laugh Button started as an editorial website reporting on news, doing features, interviews, album reviews, and it has evolved and grown and blossomed um, with the obvious uh, renaissance of comedy that has gone on over the last decade or so. And um, so the Laugh Button has, um, through some partnerships and some acquisitions, we now have our own podcast network. Yeah. We've uh, started an album division, so we're releasing comedy albums. Um, we do a lot of live events when we're allowed to do live events. We do special live events and uh, strategic media partnerships. So, so yeah, so we have a really um, happy to say a reputable brand inside of comedy. We've been dedicated to stand up. That's really sort of like our focus. So all the different talent that kind of comes from uh, stand up and improv, you know, from, from inside the small clubs that have gone on to, to do different things, whether it's books or movies or tours. Um, we stay focused on the stand-up comics, and um, you know our our mission has always been you know if you don't have something good to say, don't say it at all. You know, especially with an agency who owns a comedy uh, property, a consumer-facing property. So we're never the ones that are like you know shit talking. You know, people are starting to kind of you know create controversy. It's like if we don't really have something good to say, it's just not going to have a place on there. And I think a lot of the comedians over the years have appreciated that, especially when they're looking for. Um, getting some ink, getting some uh, notoriety, getting some reviews and whatnot, and they appreciate us as the people and that sort of mission statement that we've had over the years. So that has uh, paid off in dividends for us. That's amazing. How how have how have you seen? Because I, I I'm always fascinated, um, and it always serves our readers because uh, our listeners also uh, sure. because we have. Um, as a lifestyle publication, we have really morphed a little bit into uh, and delved deeper into entrepreneurship and um, giving people kind of like a business savvy uh, advice because everybody that I know has a business and I, you know, make it a point to always like pick their brains. And I know that you and I have spoken um, several times in the past, you know, how has, you know, the 
quarantine, the pandemic affected not just the way that you guys have been working with your current clients, but even them. I mean, if you have some insight as to what, because um, we just had a conversation with a stand-up comic uh, that uh, we're looking to interview also. And, um, you know, the feedback is like, there's really no gig. There's really nothing happening. Yeah. Um, how long are we going to keep hearing that for? <laughs> <laughs> um, all speculation. If I had the answer, boy, would I be uh, on a different level right now. But, um, but it, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. There's really no clear end in sight. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I think at the beginning of, of the pandemic, let's call it in mid-March, when it was apparent that there were not going to be any live events, right? EEG, Live Nation, canceled tours, sporting events, comedy clubs, everything had to close. And I think what you saw um, that um, shows the resiliency of comics is the willingness to innovate and experiment, yeah. right? And to focus on themselves. Yeah. And that's something that we've been preaching to all of our clientele, our comics that we have partnerships with on the lap button or, or any of our clients on the syndicate side is, control the things that you can control, focus on the things you can control, not the things you can't. Yeah. You know, that virus is in charge right now and it's going to go wherever it goes. And, you know, for the health and safety of the comics and their fan bases that just can't open right now. But do focus on the things you can, which is your social media, your website, um, keep, that, keep that comedy muscle working through live, live streams or live shows um, and, uh, and innovate and um, grow your audience, grow your fan base, because we will come out of this at some point in time and you'll be better off for it. You will have a better, <laughs> right, <laughs> we will get through it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's our pact from me to you right now. <laughs> They, but focusing on your audience and growing your audience because we're all in this together as a nation and you'll then be better off because of it. So they, um, you know, we, we've been telling people just to focus on, on growing their own social media, do their own videos. Um, a lot of uh, what has gone on inside of comedy is, um, and, and also on the music side is uh, our artists are setting up their own membership platforms. So Patreon is one of the leaders yeah. uh, in membership platforms. So by supporting artists, it means that there's like a, a paywall. So whether it's $5, $10, $50, whatever kind of tiers they want to set up, they give exclusive access to their fan bases to give that, uh, to give that entertainment first before it goes out to the public on Instagram, Facebook, what have you, right? So that's something that we have been seeing a lot of over the last few months is more and more comics getting serious about setting up their own business, right? With the business of their own membership platforms. And that's something that they really didn't, uh, some of them didn't really have to consider or think about um, before all this because they were touring, right? Or going to conferences, festivals, getting paying gigs out there. And the discovery of being out and about in the market is what brought them more and more opportunities. But right now, they have to sort of say, well, I have to at least focus on my audience virtually um, or uh, new innovations in doing, you know, drive-in concerts as we're seeing at the Monmouth, you know, uh, race park or outdoor gigs, socially distanced outdoor gigs in I places where you can. pop up, um, like I've, I've seen them on the news and I've seen them on social media where there's a couple of um, comics who have just taken them upon themselves to be like, we need to do something yeah. and, and they'll do it in an outside setting and then they'll have... Um, sure. Uh, I saw, I, I'm a big CBS more, CBS in the morning watcher, and um, I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but he did his first drive-in 
uh, comedy show and he did like a stand up and there was like literally a thousand cars like lined yeah. up where he did it. And I think it was like an NJ pack. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I thought that was fascinating because just like you're saying, um, I think that if there's one big takeaway from all of this is adaptability, resilience, uh, yes. innovation, right? Because we've had to like pull out from wherever we didn't, where we thought we had, but didn't even think, you know, like just right. all these different ways of continuing to keep what we do afloat. I know that for us, it's been um, interesting. This. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this, a lot of this. I have called our our podcast conversations therapy. Like these are literally like weekly therapeutic sessions because I don't think that my sanity would be in check um, had I not had the ability to just see somebody else and talk about something other than. Did you get Lysol wipes? Yeah, like homeschooling is over, which thank God for a while. But now the conversation is like, are we sending them? Are we not sending them? Are we homeschooling? Who's homeschooling? Because I'm not home like it's this whole to do. Uh, but how about you? What have you um, taken from like this experience? Uh, I know before we started recording, you were briefly saying that you were going back into the office. Uh, finally, for the first time after, I mean, when you think about it, March, April, May, June, but guys, it's five a months. Like time. we've been yeah. doing this for a, a minute now. Right. So what have you taken out of this as a business owner, as a parent? Um, what has been, what have been a few of your takeaways? Wow. Well, it has much like, uh, you know, with the comics who have been forced to innovate and forced to work a different kind of muscle in order to stay in shape, right? Yeah. Um, we've done that in our business as well. Um, we've pivoted in a lot of different ways. And we actually, at the beginning of the pandemic, we, we, we sort of had a glimpse of it coming. There's this annual conference, music, tech, film, um, called South by Southwest, based out of Austin, Texas. Every year, been going on for over 30 years. And that was the first major festival that canceled. I remember it so clearly. Friday, March 6th at 4 o'clock, you know, they shut it down. And that was our first indication of, okay, this shit could get real. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. So we came in on that following Monday and said, we need to start to not only unwind the things that we were going to do in Austin, you know, with it the, the week or two afterwards, because we had programming going on and all kinds of marketing campaigns, but we said, we have to now start our innovation process. Yeah. Um, and it started to force us to think differently. We have a, um, for example, we have a, a national college, uh, college rep program, street team, if you will, who are paid for doing different initiatives physically around the country, whether it's postering on college campuses or going outside of concerts and passing out flyers with the inevitable shutdown of the country, that's not a hot service right now. But those, but those, those students are out there. They want to, they, they, they're working for uh, you know, money they're, or they're working for college credit or they're just interested in getting their break into the industry. Like this is their passion. They love music, they love comedy, they love live events. What, what could we have them do if it's not something physical? So it was, let's shift to digital street teaming. How do we do that? We got to poll everybody. What's your you know, Instagram handle? What's your Facebook? What's your followers like? All of a sudden, within a week or two, it was shifting everyone over from going physical to going virtual. And that's just one example of how our company had to adapt so quickly and then also kind of bring it up as a viable service um, you know, to, our, to our clientele because a lot of campaigns had to shift and shape, right? So... Um, 
so in our company, you know, half of our, our services really kind of like fell flat because uh, without live events that the, wow. the, the world, you're right, you guys included, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, I was and, sitting here like, what can I do what, now? What, a lot of my team members, you know, were recommending um, virtual events and I was not feel like I was, I even had like one of the celebrities that we were going to have, they were like, yeah, no, thank you. Like they were not even interested because it was i think it was just so fresh and new um the the thought of adapting to this that there was a little a little resistance but now i know um and i know we know everyone knows like this is the only other alternative we have so yeah. you saw it coming you guys have adapted um do you see this i mean i i think this is happening until like we're not going to see the end of this until 2021 initially right. 2021 i've come to terms with um you know completely shutting down our office in the city uh it's just something that i told my team like yeah we're not seeing the city for a while right. um it's not happening i just don't see anything happening in the city that is viable for us to even you know tag along with unless it's virtual like it's not happening well I was gonna say, I'm also curious your opinion on this because I feel like when all this started, there was all this talk about like, well, this is going to be, you know, the new normal. Like we're going to move everything to virtual. People are going to be working from home. But sure. I think something with a comedy show or a concert where you're like in the audience and it's yeah. live and you're watching that like, it's so much more magical. Like is it, I don't think that's an industry that is going to make the virtual shift. I think if we can get back to it, we're going back to it. It's not all encompassing, and there's and there's really interesting uh, examples of this. So this past weekend was Comic Con out in San Diego, and it went virtual. So give them credit. Inside of five months, they took something that is massive, yeah. and they just said we have to make some. We have to at least do something virtual here. With, you know, getting all the studios aligned on panels, and there were some that were live, and some that were were, were um, pre-recorded. But obviously the audience, the viewership is way down because of what you said. It's just not the same when you can't be there, right? And, and you know, Yeah, and, and, and to, to the point of that, it's like, there's only so much attention, which is why we focus a lot of our efforts into our podcast, because at least from, and I studied behavioral psychology. So like my, my thing is, if I'm going to have my phone, I can't be staring at my phone for an hour, but I could listen to it for an hour. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's a completely different set of energy and things that I have to do. So while this is all well and good, um, you know, videos, uh, concerts, I mean, I guess I'm more inclined, yes, to watch a concert from an artist that I really enjoy. I could po potentially do that. But uh, the comedy show, I think is, challenging because i know co comics get their energy also from the reactions of the audience yeah. so it's really difficult you took the words out of my mouth that's it yeah. that's it you're right yeah. and you also put your finger on something which is you're both saying this that it's virtual is good for some forms of entertainment but not all forms of entertainment right. it really depends large-scale events like i was referring to at comic-con probably not going successful as it once was because that you need to be in there you need to see the costumes you need to be in the yeah, moment um, but a small comedy show where I didn't laugh for an hour and a half or so or a live stream of your favorite band it doesn't matter it's like you're watching something real that's living it's either in their living room or on an empty stage there might just it might just you know uh, 
you know, touch you in a different way than, um, than going in and just seeing something you don't really care about or just something new, you know, that you're like, ah, after a couple of minutes, I'm kind of done with this. So it really depends on what it is. And it is going to be a new normal for a while, for sure. Um, and there, there are new platforms that are popping up that are offering different experiences, different meet and greet opportunities with the artists. You're coming and you're watching the show and then you get five, 10 minutes with them to speak one-on-one like we are now, okay. which is really cool. And something yeah, like that cool. might not have happened, you know, in a, in a real setting. So that's kind of neat. I also think that, um, because you touched on that one-on-one experience, I think that even, I mean, for us, uh, access to celebrities has obviously increased. Um, sure because yeah. we no longer which i kind of like because when i don't have to pay for somebody's flight <laughs> or, <laughs> they're not going anywhere we're not going set, anywhere. Set up, i am i am like that's money in my pocket <laughs> awesome like that but it never really is quite like meeting you know the person and of course like that will net virtual will never replace an in-person meeting yeah. but i like the idea of um access kind of being brought down to a completely like different level because uh guess what celebs who may be listening you know we are all people and this has i think also humbled all of us too because we're doing i'm telling you i've done things that i never in a million years thought that i would be doing um (laughs) like cooking or like cooking (laughs) every day um Jennifer's like what exactly is that oh yeah um no uh but that's the truth like I'm I'm not a I'm not Betty Crocker and I don't aspire to be ever um but my entertainers have had to evolve absolutely everyone has had to and you know I I find it fascinating too like you know not having access to your typical glam team and whatnot like that has completely just changed and kind of like demystified that allure Mm -hmm. that used to exist in that world and um but but we look forward to the day where we can I know you you've invited me so graciously to some of your live events in the city I look forward to the day that we can yeah. do that again, hopefully sooner than later. Um, but I also am, you know, I, I've come to terms with 2021. I know it's not happening. Yeah, we're scrapping 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you the big missing piece, and um, we talk about it a lot uh, inside of the company mm-hmm. um, because our business is a lot of um, referrals, right? You are, you know, you do good work, and someone tells you, hey, you should speak with these people. Or to your point, you're out at a live event, whether it's a conference or a concert. And um, you're being introduced to someone that they're with. You see someone, that networking, that natural networking, almost impossible to replicate, it feels like, virtually. So virtually, when it's scheduled, is great. Uh, but just meeting someone you had no idea you were going to meet or bumping into someone you didn't expect to see, that's, that's what really makes uh, live events even that much more special. Meeting yeah. new friends, new contacts uh, when we're not out and about. And that's a big piece that we're missing right now, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I do miss just talking. I mean, I, I talked all day, every day, a lot. <laughs> uh, but it's never the same, obviously, when you can kind of get a sense of people's energy, people's vibe, and you're like, mm, you are kind of weird. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on, moving on. Um, no, but, um, and we are talking about comedy, so that was a joke, people who may be listening. I am joking. Uh, <laughs> um, what is, 
what are you looking forward to though? Like what is one thing you are, aside from live events and all that, you know, because you have talked about the fact, I think, and that's something that I can relate to. Like you have, a, you have, I feel like we've won some sort of battle. I don't know if you understand what I'm like, because in the effort of trying to keep our companies going, um, it has taken <laughs> hair, sleep, sweat, sweat, mega tears, um, amount of sacrifice. Yes, a lot. And at the but at the same time, I feel like I've conquered to a certain extent. Although there is this unknown, because there's still a lot of uncertainty revolving what we're living. But do you feel? I, I, can you relate to that or not? like you, cause you, you seem, at least from what we're hearing that you have got it down to a T with your team. I think I'm, <laughs> well, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I, 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 I tend to, uh, yeah, I tend to be a very positive and optimistic person, you know, and I try to, I, I try to try to give that off, you know, again, I do too, but I've seen some dark days. I have a very dark days. Well, <laughs> you know, okay, so so you know a lot of agencies, you know, because we get bucketed, even though we're small and independent, had to lay off a tremendous amount of people. We see the stories all the time. Ad age, fast company, just how much you know the advertising business and the marketing agencies are taking a hit. Um, we're very proud of the fact that in our agency, that was not an option of, of letting people go because it would have been very easy for us to do that. We're more of a company that's like all for one and one for all. So we all made a sacrifice. We all said, we know we're gonna take a financial hit here, but let's all do it together, stick together, claw, and do the best we can to weather the storm and to get through it for however long it's going to be. For, and, that's something that you know. I think we've discovered. We we made that decision very early on, but the more and more the stories are coming out, we're very proud of that because of just how many companies were not able to do that. And we can't be certain about the future five, six, ten months down the road. We have no idea, but we just have to do the best we can. Again, control the things that you can control, and look for the opportunities in different areas that you know maybe you weren't looking at before and innovate. But um, but that has brought us all together you know the the two dozen or so people and plus interns that we still we're still you know taking care of right oh, who want to see what the hell's going on you know <laughs> how's this company gonna handle this right uh but we're very proud but we're very proud of that and it's kept us together and i think that that's really important is you gotta you gotta stick together and, well, and fight good together there with you i had um Jo and I jokingly, and she's she's actually here in the office. Um, one of like my newest hires. She was like the the assistant, my assistant, right? Literally yeah. hired the week before the shutdown. And um, I was like, I'm I'm sorry that this <laughs> is <laughs> happening, and that you literally came on board at the worst possible time yeah. in the world. However, <laughs> we will make this work. Um, yeah. And yeah. my team too, like literally like buckled up and just said, you know, whatever we had to do. Jennifer was, she's like, we are not giving up. I'm like, girl, that's the strength you need. Have that energy. Cause right. today, the, I do not feel that way. You're but, surrounded by wonderful people who 
are, are, are with you through and through. Yeah. And, I, you know, a lot of what we're speaking to is the emotional roller coaster ride that we're going through. I mean, there were days early on where I didn't know what the fuck was happening. Yeah. I'm crying in my kitchen going, what is going on? And there's other days where I'm just like, and not even other days, two hours later, I'm like, we're good. <laughs> she would text me, she's like, are you sitting down? Because it was like one bad news after the other, one bad news, one more. This right. client, this client, this client. And I said, Jennifer, just give it to me. Just, just tell me, just tell it. And it was because it was literally one bad news after the other. And quite frankly, I say this to her, I say this to the team. I said, I don't even know, just like you said, what the fuck is going on? And I don't even know how and why we're still here, but we're here. And like, kick it. Cause I do remember telling you guys at one of our first meetings, like we're going down kicking and screaming. Cause we are not, we are not getting up. Yeah. Honestly, just like, like you said, you know, um, I'm amazed that, you know, a few of our people have still, are still on board and and we've gotten new people to join the team, which has been like, are you serious? Like I, I sometimes after the, like after the, I'm like, what do they want, Jennifer? (laughs) (laughs) Are we giving out free edit? Like, are we giving something out that I don't know about? Why are they coming to us? Um, but to your point, and I think, um, and I'll own that. I said, I, 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 you know, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that just as you said, it's a company culture. It's um, right. genuinely being kind and being there Correct. for each other as a team. We've yes. become closer. Um, we have uh, literally, you know, with the whole thing with uh, my family member that I mentioned, like getting text messages, how is everything, you know, how's, how's everybody going on? What's going on? What's happening? And um, I think before yeah. that, there, there were like these rigid uh, lines between, um, you know, this company culture that where you had to keep it professional and you had to like be, da, da, da. I, ha- I felt like that's no longer the case because at the end of the day, if anything, this has allowed us to see each other as human beings um, and that have, that have bills to pay, that have responsibilities with, you know, and it's just been, um, I think it's been a breath of fresh air to just, acknowledge that I have a kick-ass team um yeah. just like just like you and that feels really very good yeah, absolutely absolutely and congrats to you for doing that because company culture is very hard to build and we've known that over our years it's obviously evolved and shaped and changed and whatnot but we are thrilled with our company culture right now and I think without it being as strong as it is it would not have been we would not be where we are today there's no doubt about it. And you have to lean on each other. You know, my staff, uh, you know, the people that I work the closest with on the comedy side, they lean on me. If they need space, they need to take a walk, they need to go wherever. You do that. You yeah. do whatever you need because I know that we're all fighting the good fight together. I'm not going to micromanage you. Uh, and same with me. I go through my ups and my downs just like any other normal human being. And I'm allowed some space if I need to because I, they know I'm not taking my eye off the, the prize, right? So that's really, that, 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 be, that has become very special through all of this. You're right. Is that it's opened our hearts a little bit more as well right. as our brains and making us work to go, how are we going to get through this? But, but that's why you practice every day because you can kick... Pick a, a wall or two. And I do, trust me. That was another thing I, I wasn't going to give a lot. I'm like, where's my punching bag? I need a punching <laughs> bag in this house. Because at the end, you know, I'll, I literally feel sometimes that like the only thing that would make me feel better is literally like punching something. And 100%. well, I have a punching bag. Uh, I need one. You got yeah. Just don't punch each other. No, please. no, no. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> punching bag is, de- is highly necessary. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, getting out those frustrations, getting out that anxiety, getting out the tension. It's really, uh, yeah, it's very fulfilling. And I, and I had to do that too. I set up a little gym in my garage. I was like, I can't stop. Just because the, everything's closed doesn't mean that I, I can stop a good sweat. You know, I need yeah. to get it done, right? Yeah. Well, I know. March 13th is my like shutdown date. And I will never, literally Friday the 13th, I will never, that's yeah. like ingrained in my brain forever and ever. Yep. Um, because our message of the summer uh, is hope, uh, it's actually rooting on, um, you know, our hope for our future. What is your hope? What are you hopeful for? Oh, goodness. Well, did we get a vaccine? <laughs> I think that's got to be number one for everyone's benefit. Um, I would say it's, it's hope that we can find peace amongst all the, all the different systems that are, that are broken right now. Um, I would say that, that, is, that that's something that I really truly believe in, is just I, I believe that we can all get together, we can all, be, we can all coexist <laughs> and, uh, and be at peace with one another. And I hope that we find uh, that, that, that sweet spot you know, once, once again. Uh, I know it's a long road ahead, but I really do. And that's hope. Hope is not a strategy. It's gonna come with hard work, right? Um, and a lot of sacrifices. But, um, but, but that, that would be my hope, if you will, uh, on top of a vaccine, that would be great for the, for the short term. Cause I know that that'll probably come before, before, before peace, but, um, but yeah, and all we can do, you know, for today is just focus on the things that we can control, you know, and, and my, my responsibility in entertainment is to bring laughter. And I think the laughter heals and I think laughter is good because it takes our mind off of the real life struggles that are going on. Not, not too long, not so long to ignore them but we all need to find humor. You know, we all need to laugh. I and because uh, um, obviously Lauren Vanna, you know Lauren. She's of course. an artist. And a good friend of ours. Friend of yours, friend of mine. Um, one of the things that we always go back and forth via text is I know I'm going to hell because we just joke about every, <laughs> I always I always bring to, to whenever there, I'm gonna just say it, um, at my father's funeral, like literally there was a whole laughter section um, but it might know my father would have been proud because that's just how he lived his life as well was just making people laugh and making people feel good about and kind of like breaking down barriers to just, you know, connect to each other on a humane level and just be like, listen, we all have shit. We all have, you know, problems, but we can all laugh together. Like that's something that we can always find a common ground on. It's, you know, something funny. So sure. how can people find you? How can people connect with you, Chris? How can people get access to you if they want to uh, pursue your offerings? Can you let us know? Sure. Yeah. I'm always open to outreach. So you can always email me at ellis at the sin.com. That's E-L-L-E-S at T-H-E-S-Y-N.com. Or you can go to our website, which is the sin.com, T-H-E-S-Y-N.com. And there's a form that's there. Um, definitely go to the laugh button thelaughbutton.com, follow the laugh button. We have a lot of exciting uh, new podcasts that we're, we're releasing. We just launched a Lewis Black podcast. Another guy who innovated, can't tour anymore, has a lot of footage, got a new podcast going on. So we're very excited about his summer. Um, and um, yeah, just reach out. I, I'm, always, I'm always willing to strike up a conversation. Awesome, yeah. and a good. And, and yes, and a good, and a good roundhouse kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay, gotta stay fit, right? Well, gotta, gotta gotta keep out. But for for all the right reasons, for sure, for sure. All the right reasons, <laughs> absolutely. Mental mental health comes with uh, with absolutely. fitness, especially mm -hmm. mental health. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your Thank time. You. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are great. Thank you so much.